Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Monday, December 28th. This episode is brought to you in part by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football content only from Pepsi. All right, Giant fans. So on today's show, unfortunately, we have some uh, bad news to talk about. We have a Another Giants loss, a 27-13 loss to the Baltimore Ravens, a game in which the Giants really didn't look ready to play. They uh, were flat. They didn't get anything going on offense, on defense. You know, the Ravens just took it to them, especially in the first half. I think the Giants had something like four or five plays in the first half. I'm sorry, the first quarter uh, of football. And, uh, the Ravens jumping out to a 20 to three lead in that first half. So as we always do, we're going to talk about the game. Um, I know it's not the most pleasant thing. It's not something you want to hear, especially coming off of, you know, the holiday weekend, but, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. I'm going to give you some thoughts and, um, believe it or not, giant fans, the giants are still in the hunt for the division. The only team that's been eliminated at this point is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I will get you caught up on that as well. So let's start off with a big picture scenario here with this Giants team. And we've got to start off with the coaching folks. I mean, look, if we're going to give the coaching staff credit for getting this team ready to play earlier in the year when they were playing much better, when the games were more competitive, we've got to turn around and we've got to give, you know, uh, the negative or, you know, whatever you want to call it, lack of credit uh, to the coaching staff for not doing a good job in getting this team ready to play. And uh, we'll talk about a couple of specific areas um, that kind of stood out to me and, and, and really bothered me about how the coaching came about in this, this whole thing and how they set this team up to fail. First off, let's talk about the defense. Now, the defense, they knew that Lamar Jackson was going to be a pain in the butt to cover. And he was, I mean, to an extent. I mean, he didn't really light it up in terms of his passing. He completed 17 of 26 for 183 yards, and he only ran for 80 yards on 13 carries, a 6.2 average. But, you know, the Giants mostly went with zone, and um, they didn't have much of a pass rush. I, I, there was no sacks. There were no quarterback hits. I don't even think there were any passes broken up by the defensive secondary. The zone coverage just didn't work. Whenever you play zone, um, that's that's like giving the offense a gift because a good receiving core will find soft spots in the zone. And when you're playing a loose zone, you can just forget it. I mean, you're, you're going to be in for a, a long day. And what we saw with this giant team is 
you saw a lot of guys that were out of position, couldn't make the play, couldn't get over in time. And that was a problem. That was a big problem and a big reason why this defense just got gashed. I mean, unbelievable the way they got gashed. But the biggest problem for this giant team is they fell right into the Ravens' hands. And by that, I mean the Ravens of late, they have been able to win games or, or do well in games by running the ball. They get a big lead. They run the ball. That becomes their bread and butter. And the passing game is sprinkled in. Well, the Giants allow 249 rushing yards on 40 attempts. That's a 6.2 average, folks. The highest number allowed by the Giants in rushing yards this year. And here's another astonishing fact. At the half, 155 yards on 24 carries. That was four yards shy of the Giants' season high up until, you know, this week's game. I think the season high was 159 yards. Just, you're not going to win games that way. And the defense, you know, the tackling was sloppy. Just everything was an absolute mess. I don't know what happened on defense, but uh, really a poor job overall between the scheme and the lack of a pass rush and just just everything, getting them ready to play. Now, you know, we'll talk about execution because obviously the plays have to be made, but just I, I'm not convinced they were in a position to make these plays. Now let's talk real quick about the offense, if we could. Jason Garrett back calling the plays. And I got to admit, folks, you know, if you've heard me, if you've read me, you know I was excited to have Jason Garrett hired as the Giants offensive coordinator. I thought, okay, you know, he, he, even though they didn't win anything down in Dallas, good offenses, you know, they, they were able to score points. They were able to generate yards, do all kinds of cool things. That has not been the case here with the Giants. And, and I'm starting to, with each passing week, I've been starting to wonder if the Giants have the right offensive system in place for the personnel that they have. I think the Giants, with Daniel Jones as quarterback, were a little bit better off with more of that West Coast hybrid system, which makes me wonder if perhaps the Giants might make a switch after this season, maybe um, move on from Jason Garrett, go to another offensive coordinator. Of course, you know, again, it comes down to, um, you know, execution, but still, you got to put guys in the right position to make plays. And these short stick routes that Garrett has the receivers run, they're not working. Having this team run wide plays or the slow developing plays inside the 20, it's not working. All right. So how many times do you need to see something not work before you finally realize, hey, gee, maybe I should try something else that might work. That's what I just don't get. And that's what I find frustrating. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk, you know, real quick about two other things here. Special teams, I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, th- that unit, they were a strength earlier in the year. and they, They've been playing subpar of late between, you know, uh, execution, tackles. Um, Riley Dixon is just not having the best year like he had last year. And that, you know, I go back to that short kickoff. What were they thinking? What were they trying to do there? I mean, were they trying to get the ball back? I mean, why why not just try an onside kick if that's the case? You know, but, um, and then lastly, I got a comment on uh, head coach Joe Judge 
because he, of course, is, is the overseer of this whole thing. Now, I like Judge. You guys know that. I don't often disagree with him. But he keeps talking about the team making progress, heading in the right direction. And he was actually challenged by a reporter on his post-game presser to say, you know, look, how can you make that argument when the results aren't showing up on paper, on the scoreboard, which is a valid question. And Judge basically got a little testy, a little defensive on that, you know, kept saying that he sees the improvement on tape. Great. That's just wonderful. But until that improvement shows up on the field, until you start stacking that improvement, you know, that you see, oh, maybe on this play, this guy looked better. So now on the next play, did the next, you know, did the guy's before him look better. You know, you've got to stack that. And if you're not stacking that, you're not improving. And if you're not improving, you're not going to win. And perhaps most alarmingly to me is the fact that this Giants team, uh, you know, they're a young team. They're still developing. I get that. But just they've gone backwards of late. They've been outscored. Um, I think something like 73 it's something like 7320-something. Maybe I think it's 7323. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me. But that's not improving, folks. And I don't want to hear how well they're looking on tape. I can look at tape, you know, of the game, and I can, I can see things. I can't see the practice tape. And quite frankly, I don't need to see the practice tape. What I want to see and what I'm sure everybody else wants to see is improvement on the field on Sundays. That's all that matters. So, you know, just coaching, I, I just thought, let this team down this week. So, uh, hey, like I said, they're still in it. We'll talk about that a little later on in the program. But first, let's take our first break here. You hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season. And the NFL has some big matchups coming up as the 2020 regular season comes to a close and the playoff picture becomes clearer. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Hey, New York Giant fans, this is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I'm here to tell you a little bit about my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, the men and moments that made the New York Giants. This book is a comprehensive collection of stories and events highlighting some of the most memorable moments in the New York Giants franchise history, including unforgettable moments like the four Super Bowls, the Eli Manning trade, the greatest game ever played, the transformation of head coach Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, and so many more. The book also takes you behind the scenes on some of the franchise's changing moments, such as the fumble, the passings of Wellington Mara and Bob Tisch, the final farewell of the old Giants Stadium, and so much more. 
featuring 50 chapters and over 300 pages of rich storytelling and detail complete with loads of photos, this paperback will transport you back in time to the memories as they unfolded and give you a look behind the scenes at some of the men who made them happen. With a foreword written by former general manager Ernie Accorsi, the Big 50 New York Giants is a must-have for every New York Giants fan. So be sure to pick up your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever else books are sold. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. And the holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that can earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start off the season, and he shares a Locked On the Day tip every episode. So subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, continuing our breakdown of the Giants' 27-13 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. I want to talk a little bit about the offense. And, you know, I was sitting here and I was looking at the numbers and I was doing some thinking. And uh, I, I've got a comment about Daniel Jones, who returned this week um, after missing last week with the sprain ankle and, and the hamstring strain. Now, Jones, I thought, on, on one a couple rollouts, I thought he moved a little bit better. But still, no design runs for him. And is it any coincidence, folks, that the Giants running game, which had been doing so well, had been, you know, they've been uh, recording over 100 yards rushing as a group, that that unit's performance has fallen off ever since Jones was injured? I don't think it is. You know, I mean, look, I thought it was kind of amazing that the unit survived the loss of Saquon Barkley. And that's because they had Daniel Jones's mobility. But now with Jones, you know, still having two bad wheels, they're hurting. They can't get the running game going. The run blocking hasn't been as, as crisp. It's just, it's just been an absolute mess. And it's been kind of surprising, I think, because you would think, oh, a quarterback, you know, how, how key is that? But listen, Daniel Jones's legs has been a very big deal for this Giants team. And, you know, it's missing from the offense. It's, it's it's making them one-dimensional and easier to defend. Now, just keeping on Daniel Jones for a moment, he finished 24 of 41, 252 yards, was sacked six times, including on one uh, series where he was sacked three times in a row. I mean, the Giants' right side of the offensive line just had its troubles again. Um, Daniel did throw one touchdown, had no interceptions, finished with an 84.6 rating. Now, I don't think Jones looked that bad because you also have to take into consideration that A, the Giants were playing from behind the entire game. B, they didn't really attempt very many deep shots down the field, which P.S. I was also surprised to see, you know, going back to what I was saying about the coaching, why didn't the Giants try and exploit a banged up Ravens uh, defensive secondary more than they did. They waited, I think, until the third quarter to try some deep shots, which I just didn't get. Um, you know, they had more opportunity to throw the ball in the, in, in the second quarter. You know, they just didn't take advantage of them. Um, so anyway, uh, the Giants, like I said, Daniel Jones, I don't think played that poorly. I think there were 
two or three times when he was victimized by drop passes. Um, one time he he had Sterling Shepard, for example, over the middle. Shepard cut cut off his route. Um, and the ball ended up going deep and Shepard just kind of stopped it. Oh, hey, guess what? There was no safety over the top. And had Shepard kept going, that might have been a touchdown. So just little stupid mistakes like that. You know, the drop pass by Darius Slayton on a ball that, okay, maybe it was a little difficult to catch, but it still hit it, hit him in the hands. And if it's hitting you in the hands, you better catch it. You know, Evan Ingram, I think, missed on one. Um, and then there was another one. I can't remember. It might have been Austin Mack, I think, who missed the other one, had a drop. But, you know, look, you just, you're not going to win games if you do this stuff. And, you know, people on my Twitter timeline were saying, oh, Daniel Jones was terrible. He was underthrowing. He was overthrowing. You know, on the surface, it might have looked at that. But look at the route running. You know, he's got... Uh, Austin Mack, who's, who's a young player. Um, CJ Board, who's a young player. You know, Dante Pettis made his debut this week, though he didn't return any punts or kicks, by the way. He's still kind of a young player. Who does Daniel Jones have to really make plays for him? Nobody. Nobody. And that includes his Pro Bowl tight end, Evan Ingram, who runs hot and cold. So, you know, for those of you who say, oh, Daniel Jones is garbage. Give this kid, you know, a solid offensive line, give him back Saquon Barkley, and get him a number one receiver, and then let's talk. Oh, and let's not forget, of course, you know, getting a system that's a little better fit to his strengths, and then let's talk and see if this kid is is, is really garbage, if he's really, you know, Dave Brown version two. I just don't think it's fair right now to say that about him. But, you know, we'll see what the Giants say because in the end, it's what they decide and not what I decide. All right, folks, we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we'll wrap it up with a few more thoughts, including how the Giants are still in the NFC East hunt for the title. Stay with us. Have you tried the all new and improved Built Bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, you'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew, and most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKED ON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants segment three. Patricia Trainer here with you. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going over a 27-13 Giants loss to the Baltimore Ravens. A loss which, thanks to the action in the rest of the NFC East, hasn't damaged the Giants' hopes of uh, winning the NFC East title, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about some shows coming up this week here on the Locked On Giants podcast. We will have Twitter Tuesday tomorrow, so you know, guys, you know what to do. Uh, send me your your questions via email at. Uh, Locked on Giants podcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet them to me 
at uh, Patricia underscore trainer. Make sure you tag them. Ask P train. And P.S. I know I saw some of you started to send me questions about why, you know, why did the Giants do this? Why did do they did they do that? You're asking me about specific questions. Guys, I can't answer those types of questions because, you know, unless I get to talk to the quote, the coaches involved, which I won't be able to do until later in the week. And that's if I get called on in the conferences, I can't really give you an answer as to why, you know, Jason Garrett decided to do this or Patrick Graham decided to do that. So, you know, if you don't hear your answers, answers to those particular questions, that's why I don't want to speak for them because I want to find out from them what they might have been thinking. And I'm just not going to have the answers in time for Twitter Tuesday. So I do apologize, but listen, do keep those questions coming. Those that I can answer. I will, I will do my best for you. So again, send them to lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com or tweet them to me at Patricia underscore train. Tag them as P train. One other show I want to mention, uh, coming up on, uh, Thursday, uh, Marcus Mosier or Landon McCool are going to be with me for the crossover show. It'll be the Giants Cowboys crossover show as we do every Thursday during the season. And uh, this game is shaping up to be a big one between the Giants and the Cowboys. Week 17, if the Giants win and Washington, um, who, who plays the Eagles, if Washington loses, the Giants win the division. If the Cowboys win, then, and um, the Eagles beat Washington, I believe the Cowboys win the division. And if Washington wins and the Giants win, I believe Washington wins the division. Uh, I have an article up on GiantsCountry.com that breaks down all the scenarios if you want to find out more. Also find out, you know, the last time that, you know, the Giants won the division, the last time Washington won the division, so on and so forth. And the last time the NFC East had actually a repeat winner for four straight years. Uh, you'd have to go back many, many years for that, you know, to, to find the answer to that. That's all in my article on ChinesCountry.com. Hope you will check that out as well as the other post game content that we have on the, on the site, including a video by our newest contributor, Hannah Hoover does a really good job with her stand up reports. So you'll want to check that out as well. And of course, uh, Jackson Thompson with his articles and, and articles from yours truly. So do check us out and we do appreciate you reading Giants Country as well as listening to the Locked on Giants podcast. Okay, a few final thoughts on the Giants uh Ravens game and then we'll move on to another topic for tomorrow at any rate. We'll wrap actually we'll wrap it up tonight and then we'll move on to another topic. The Giants, one of ten on third down. I mean, is has there been a team that's been worse on third downs than the Giants of late? I can't think of any. And I, and that that includes the Jets, to be honest with you. Um, the Giants in the red zone, one of three. Time of possession medal. Ravens beat the Giants 35-09 to 24-51. I think that's the biggest gap all year long uh, that the Giants have lost the time of possession. Um, let's see what other statistics are worth noting. Total yardage, 432 to 269. And let me just check out average starting field position. The Giants average starting field position. Um, yeah, like I thought. Okay. The, 
The Giants' average starting field position was their 19. The Ravens, their 37. And on kickoff, the average starting uh, field position was the Giants' 22nd or 22 yard line. And for the Ravens, their 27 yard line. So just total domination by the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, I mentioned the playoffs before and what the Giants would have to do to get in to win the NFC East. And I saw a scenario, I think Field Yates of ESPN tweeted it. He said that if the Giants lose and certain things happen, you know, in the division, the Giants could potentially lock up the third overall pick in the, in the uh, draft. I think right now, as I record this, the Giants are slated to pick eighth in uh, the spring draft. Now, here's the thing, my feeling, and I'm kind of torn here because for me, if the Giants win the division, it's an extra game. And even though I know that they're not going to go far, I mean, they can't. They, they can't even stand on the same field with, with teams that they would, you know, face. You know, but look at how they played against Baltimore and Cleveland and Arizona. These are all teams they would potentially face. And yeah, I get it. They beat, they beat Seattle, but now you start to wonder if that was a fluke. So to me, I'm almost like, you know what? Don't win the division. Go into the offseason. Start getting things squared away. Take the higher draft pick. You need so many more things. You need a, a number two cornerback. You need a number one receiver. You need a pass rusher. Get those last few pieces together and then see where it takes you next year. And if you're not more competitive next year, then something is really, really wrong. So, I, I mean, I just, somebody's got to win the division in the, in the NFC East. I get that. And it, it's going to come down to Washington, Dallas, or the Giants. The Eagles have been eliminated, but it, it's just, I almost don't want it to be the Giants. And I know, again, that sounds terrible. I shouldn't say that being a Giants podcaster, but I, I, I just don't think they're going to go far. And I just feel that's just putting off the inevitable, which is, you know, sitting down and tearing this roster apart and figuring out what they need and what they don't need yet and, and how they're going to get it. So just my, my thoughts on that. I mean, we'll see obviously what happens, uh, as always. We will keep you up to date here on the Locked on Giants podcast and also over at Giants Country, where we never stop. We have content every day, just as we do right now on the Locked on Giants podcast. So, folks, that'll do it for today's show. But before we say goodbye, I just want to tell you about um, a show that we have here on the Locked on Podcast Network. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson Host the Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, every team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, that'll do it for me for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget, tomorrow, Twitter Tuesday, we'll talk to you then. Take care.